The views and opinions expressed by the producers, hosts, and guests of Flash Black Radio do not necessarily represent the views and opinions of Flash Black or its parent company. Listener discretion is advised. Flash Black Radio is trying to approach health and well-being from a holistic point of view, so we're not just looking at it from the perspective of what you're consuming as far as your diet. We want to make sure that your finances are healthy. We want to make sure that your relationships are healthy. We want to make sure that you are healthy psychologically, physically, spiritually. If it affects the community, we need to talk about it. Finances, let's talk about it. Social issues of the day, let's talk about it. Relationships, let's talk about it. Career paths, how we can better ourselves, how we can better positions for our family, how we can make positions for our families. Let's talk about it. Let's stop beating around the bush and let's get in. Let's get active. Let's get involved. Your diet isn't just what you consume physically. It's what you consume mentally, the conversations you participate in, what you watch on TV, what you listen to on the radio. All of this is a part of your diet and all of this has an impact on your health and your well-being. Flash Black is a new perspective for a multicolored collective. You are now listening to Flash Black. You are now listening to Flash Black Radio. Hello, beautiful people. This is www.flashblackradio.com. I am Da Vinci Parks, a.k.a. Lee Bennett III, and calling in is one Mr. Pete Baycoat of the Centaurus Group. Pete has over 20 years of financial planning experience, uh, just financial experience. We'll just put it there because the guy's well-versed in a number of different financial arenas, very, very, very well-informed just across the board. I love talking with this dude about matters of money. Uh, this, of course, ladies and gentlemen, is a Mind Your Money podcast. Uh, so please feel free to share this with others. Uh, and we're just going to jump right in. Uh, Pete, how are you, sir? I'm doing great. How are you doing today? Hey, you know, I'm just, you know, I can't complain. You know, I'm blessed. I'm above ground. You know, there it is. You so know, it was a good day. Yeah, yeah. I, I woke up today. I got a chance to use my my limbs, my faculties, man. That, that that's that's what I say. Starting on the, on a good foot, man. So I can't complain at all. Well, you know, listen, and but I'm here for you if you want to, man. Whatever you want to do, I'm here to listen to your complaints. That's what's up. So jumping right in, jumping right in. So I, I, we're going to talk about this Republican tax plan because I I want to pack things a little bit. Um, we've had prior conversations about the uh, Republican tax plan, both for the podcast and just in just general conversation. Um, but I want to essentially uh, talk about the Republican Republican tax plan, and maybe hopefully a way that's a little more relatable, and people can kind of uh, attach it to themselves or identify with it a little bit easier. Uh, so I'm just going to run a couple scenarios by you, and I also wanted to talk about how the tax brackets have essentially been collapsed from I think six tax brackets down to four. Yeah, and what that most. and what then why why that why the significance of let's let's get into that. Why is that a significant thing that has gone from six tax brackets to four? Can you well, break that down? I'm gonna I'm gonna exactly break that down for you. So um Lee, let's say flashback radio gets uh, bought up by Viacom, right? They wanna they wanna buy your podcast and you go to making 
$750,000 a year from, from this. Mm-hmm. In the past, that would have put you in the highest tax bracket. That would have put you at the um, 39.7% tax bracket. Mm-hmm. That has now changed. That has changed. What will happen in 2000 for 18 taxes, that will drop you to the 34, 35% tax bracket, which will save you 4%. People are like, you know, 4%, what's that? Well, 4% on 750000 is quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, 10% is, is 75000 then you're looking at thirty, uh, $32,000, $33,000 savings. Mm-hmm. Um, that's pretty significant. Mm-hmm. So what it does is that the high, the lower brackets aren't really affected as much as the higher brackets are collapsed more so. Whereas that where the threshold takes place as far as the taxable income at that bracket is now way higher. So again, it used to be at 400000 if you were single and then a half a million if you were married. And now it's a half million if you're single and a million if you're married. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're talking about a huge jump as far as putting money back into the pocket. And they're going to probably do away with the AMT. And for those who aren't familiar with that, that's the alternative minimum tax. Mm-hmm. And if you've never been hit with that, that is a nasty tax. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, it's set up so that people that are high income earners have to pay something because most most of the times, those who have more money have more deductions, just how it works. You have more money, you buy more houses. You have more money, you have offsetting um, assets that can help you hide or shelter some of your income. So they would hit you with an AMT that everything that I would write off would just make the AMT tax even higher, which was crazy. So I would just stop working. Like, There's not enough I can do. One year, as a matter of fact, the one year that Donald uh, Trump wanted to share his taxes, that's the only taxes he paid. He paid $3.5 million in AMT tax. That was it. <laughs> so, so that's going to go away, um, going, going away down the line. So those are some of the things, you know, you're talking about changing in tax brackets. You're talking about the first bracket, 10% is not going to change. I think it goes like the 9%. Then the other brackets are going to drop 20, uh, 2 or 3%. But the higher brackets are either going to be kind of mushed together, whereas it's a higher income before you have to start paying where you used to pay the highest tax bracket. And anytime you can do that again, you see the difference from the example I gave you could save $32,000 in taxes, Mm -hmm. which, you know, is a nice amount of change, almost $3,000 a month in your pocket. Yeah. Or you can, you you can, you can look at it like it's the, the new, uh, the, the, uh, three Tesla three, almost (laughs) (laughs) the starter starter of that, you know, upgrade your Yeah. There you go. All right, so um, scenario. Let's let's get into some scenarios. Okay, so if we're, if we're talking about how taxes will be different, let, let's say a couple earning just under one hundred fifty thousand um, okay. dollars. This couple has, um, uh, say, one house that they own that they mm-hmm. live in, and another house that they own that they rent out. Okay. How how our tax is going to be a little bit different from them because at around one hundred fifty thousand dollars, that's when like you know they they start maybe like they can't write off as much, um, that, mm-hmm. you know yep. that there are going to be some things that they bump into because then they're, they're now earning more than what they can kind of write off. So now, there's a cap. So how many kids do they have? Uh, we'll say none. We'll we'll keep it simple. Okay. So if you have no kids for that example. Um, you're going to be able to, husband and wife, say itemize. You say they own one, rent one, correct? Yep. 
So let's say they made 149,000 because I had 150,000. They can't personally take um, uh, real estate write-offs. They can only show a either profit or zero for a carry forward loss. So for those who don't understand, let me break that down. Not speaking jargon. Um, the IRS says if you made $150,000 on your taxes, you shouldn't be able to write off losses on your real estate. They they kind of say if you're going to have if you rent a home out, and most homes are running out of losses. Let me let me let me, let me uh, just 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 so I'm clear. When you're saying $150,000 on your taxes, are we talking about net or are we talking about gross? We're talking about your adjusted gross income, your AGI. Okay. Your AGI. Adjusted so gross if your income. AGI, if your AGI, which takes into account all of your income, whether it be Social Security, whether it be retirement, if you took one at your 401k, whether it be uh, investments that you made, uh, properties that you sold, W-2 income, or 1099 uh, miscellaneous or sole proprietor income, less student loan interest up to $2,500, less student uh, moving expenses and a few other expenses here and there. If, if that number, when that's all said and done, is 150000 or above, you have to defer your losses to a year that you don't make that money. Mm, okay. So That sounds like a lesson listen. all in itself. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, well, you know, there's other ways to do that. We would then uh, put that property into a corporation um, and lessen your income in, in different ways. But, but for this scenario, um, that family will probably itemize. They'll get state and local taxes. They'll probably, that family will probably have a loss um, because based on the new tax laws, what they're paying in property taxes um, versus the income that they're paying to whatever state they live in, it's going to be capped next year, not mm-hmm. this year coming up. So they're going to have a lower standard deduction. Now, people always ask me, what's the difference between the standard deduction and the itemized deduction? I don't understand the difference. And to simplify this, the government gives you deduction just for you being you, mm-hmm. right? They have a thing called an exemption. And that is for every person that is on your taxes, husband, wife, and children. Right now, the government gives you $4,100 per person to write off against your income, mm-hmm. to reduce your taxable income. If you don't have houses, if you don't have um, reimbursable job expenses, if you don't have a high threshold of medical expenses and property taxes, the government says you don't have to worry about itemizing. For a single person, we'll give you sixty-three fifty. For a head of household, we'll give you ninety-seven twenty-five. And for a married couple, we'll give you twelve uh, two fifty. Is that is that is that twenty seventeen twenty seventeen taxes? These are the twenty seventeen taxes. Okay. Correct. All right. So you're getting that just based off you being you. So in essence, what that means that married couple that you just told me about, if they didn't itemize, their first twenty thousand income is free. So instead of making one hundred fifty, if they made twenty four thousand, they don't have to pay taxes on four thousand dollars, which would be at ten percent, which would be four hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. And that's how that's how the, your tax, your actual taxes that you have to pay are calculated. They take your exemptions, they take you know your above the line deductions, your itemized deductions or standard deductions, less than any penalty that you have to pay, and they go ahead and uh, they put it in there, and then they come up with it. The bottom line of here's your taxable income, and based off your taxable income, here's your and your tax rate. Here's the amount of taxes that you should have paid, and that number is what determines whether you get a refund or you owe additional funds. Okay. So, 
so for those who didn't understand how, you know, again, deductions work, uh, itemized exemptions and standard deductions, you don't have to take the standard deduction. If my standard, if my wife and I have a house that we paid $35,000, I mean, $350,000 for, and we pay $20,000 in, in mortgage interest, well, we want to take the mortgage interest and we pay $10,000 of property tax. So we're, we're already at $28,000 just with that. So we want to take the higher of the two. You're allowed that option. You're allowed that option to take the higher of the two. So that's the thing that I think is going to um, affect a lot of income families moving forward. So if you can itemize, you should. If you can find a way to get to itemization, you should. And in that scenario you gave me, they probably itemize. They probably have the house they own. They take the property taxes as well as the mortgage interest to continue to have more less taxable income, pay less taxes, and or get a refund. Okay. Okay, so by them itemizing their mortgages and leveraging that, that means they would actually wind up technically, in the government's eyes, earn less money. Correct. That could be taxed by them. That is absolutely correct. All right. Why is that? Well, that's just their formula. Um, that IRS code is um, is a fun read. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, Publication 17, which comes out every year, talks about the different changes and what's allowed, what's not allowed. It's about uh, 356 pages um, of just pure IRS tax Jargon. preparation. And the actual tax code is book upon book upon book upon book to dive down even deeper. So um, that is just how they come along their calculations based on previous president's administration saying what we should be, what should be taxable, what's allowable, what's not allowable. Um, as mo- many of you know, and anybody who I'm sure has followed you and has followed me has been, been getting some information that things are going to change. Mm-hmm. Is no, some of the things that were wonderful deductions are no longer going to be there. So the, what's going to determine what's taxable and what's not is going to change more than they changed in the past 30, 32 years, I believe. Okay, so, so let's, let's, let's look uh, at another scenario then. Let, let's look, there are a lot of people who are students in this country. Let's look at the grad student who's, you know, who has to basically work a part-time job because their, their, their education is a very demanding process. They have to make sure they give time and attention. They're going to a brick-and-mortar school and trying to get mm-hmm. that, that good you know, MBA or trying to get that good whatever master's degree that's going to put them in a more competitive position. Um, They're taking, you know, a lot of student debt right now. um, And they might be getting a stipend to offset living and, you know, other costs or whatever. How is there going to be a difference between 2017 taxes and when the 2018 taxes kick in? Can you you speak on that? Well, yeah, absolutely. For that grad student, they're going to, they're going to feel it all kinds of crazy. So school has always been a deduction. They've had the the hope credit where you actually get almost like $2,500 cash back as though you paid it to the government and also reduces some of your taxable income as far as your tuition is concerned. Um, that's probably going to, that's going to go away. So that grad student has used that, that deduction to help offset the income that they have. And their income is not a lot. Uh, oftentimes students, file what they call exempt, meaning don't take any tax out of my check because I don't owe tax at the end of the year. Um, that could that could be changing. So the grants, the issues of how you're being paid or your GA, whatever the case may be, which didn't used to be taxable because it was used to pay your tuition, um, 
could be treated as tuition in years in the future. Um, the student loan interest, that all this money that you're borrowing to pay off uh, student loans, uh, that you're paying your student loans back, excuse me, uh, will be phased out eventually. Um, so that that grad student who's struggling to get through, um, not this year or not next year, but probably the next few years, those people in that position would be. It's going to be a lot different tax treatment than the people that are in that position now. Um, so they so would basically it, be penalized more. Not only would they be uh, more encumbered with student debt as the the cost for. Uh, uh, graduate and PhD programs continue to balloon, but they will be more encumbered also on another front, on the tax front, while they're not Correct. able to make as much money, um, they're still going to be owing more because the way they're, they're the it's money that, treated. yeah, that's crazy. It's going to be recognized and treated. That's absolutely correct. So that's some of the changes for somebody on the lower, lower side of things. Now, I'm not going to lie and tell you that um, the gentleman who has one dog and one apartment and one job, they will probably see a greater tax benefit um, this year. So let's go with that scenario. So say Jimbo makes $30,000, right? One apartment, one dog, one job. Um, right now, he would get the $6,000, $6,250 for the Standard deduction, and he would get forty-one hundred for his exemption, meaning that the first ten thousand three hundred fifty dollars that Jimbo got is free. So now we're taking that off his thirty thousand. Now he has twenty-nine thousand and six six hundred fifty dollars. That's his, I mean nineteen thousand. That's his taxable income, and that's at a fifteen percent tax bracket. Mm-hmm. So now he only has to pay three thousand dollars in taxes. His job took out four thousand dollars in taxes. So he gets he five hundred back. Yeah, he gets a couple hundred dollars back, and he's and he's and he's, he's happy. He buys, he goes on a trip. What they're going to do? They're going to take away that four thousand dollars for Jimbo. Now, in the same scenario, Jimbo is at forty uh, thirty thousand dollars. They're going to up it to twelve thousand dollars. So now, off the top, he's now paying taxes on eighteen thousand, uh, and then they're going to drop the tax bracket. Instead of being in a fifteen percent, it's probably going to be in a twelve and a half. So now he's going to pay less money on that. So Jimbo's going to see an extra four hundred dollars, five hundred dollars in his tax return that he didn't see last year. That he didn't see, that he won't see this year. Excuse me. Um, so for him, it's it's, it's a win, mm-hmm. and it's, and it's simplified. Uh, one of the things they want to do was simplifying the tax codes, but I think um, just like um, we learned that healthcare isn't an easy task to to figure out, the tax codes aren't an easy thing to uh, figure out as well. And just to get off topic really quick, um, I remember I had a conversation with somebody that said it sh- taxes should be easy. It should just be everybody pays 10% and we just keep it keep it going. And I said, that's not fair. He said, how is that not fair? I said, well, if, you make t- if I make $2 million and you make 14000 for me to pay 200000 is not a problem. Where do I, where do I, who do I make the check out to? But for you to come up with 1400 and you only make 14000 that's a stretch. Mm-hmm. Right, and he's like, "Okay, well, then why don't we do this? If you make under so and so, I said, oh, now we're talking about tax codes and sliding scales, <laughs> right? So, I mean, that's exactly what happens. So that's why this tax code is so so cumbersome because we don't want to hurt people, but yet we don't on either side, the low range or the high range. We want to have everybody engaged. Again, for those who don't understand, the IRS is the only way our 
our government really, it's a major, I'm not going to say only, it's the, the majority of the way that our, our country raises funds for our government. So changes in that, that, that system affects families. And for those who understand what I'm saying, with this $1.5 trillion tax increase, they're going to have to find it somewhere else, meaning social programs, knowing when the Republican president go kind of go by the wayside. We don't need, as you guys can see, we kind of need to have the drilling for the parks, get rid of, you know, park protection. What do we need parks for? We need to shrink the parks. We don't need more parks. Um, <laughs> no. Um, I think so Roosevelt's the one who, like, started doing that by protecting the lands or whatever. Yeah, that's, yeah. Yeah, so that, I mean, so that's what happens. You know, we're going to reduce um, social Theodore. services. No Planned Parenthood, um, not federally funded. We'll, we'll reduce the uh, amount of the WIC program, things of those nature. We'll, we'll get money back. They call them entitlements. Yeah, they're like, going we'll after the chip program too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Kids insurance. So we're, we won't cover those, and we'll cover some other, so other people can have things. So that's how that works on a larger scale. But for the individual. Um, again, Jimbo's gonna Jimbo's gonna like this new tax plan until Jimbo has three kids and is making a little bit more money and buys a house in a nice neighborhood. Then it's gonna affect him adversely and differently. So that's kind of what I wanted to touch on. Is like you really have to sit down, and look at how many kids you have, and does this work for you? Um, how will it affect your paycheck? Because people's paychecks are gonna change. So how will that affect your paycheck? Um, this is going to be for those. I, I gave a seminar at a church that had, I think, uh, 700 members, 800 members, and I was surprised that only 10 people came. Right? It was a free seminar. Mm-hmm. Only 10 people came, not understanding the ramifications that's about to happen to them. In a matter of months, in a matter of a month and a half, your paycheck's going to look different. So, Even though nothing else might have changed, working for the same company mm-hmm. or entity. Right. Everybody's got to fill out that same W4 hours. again. That's that W-4 is going to fill out. And I, I get so many questions. Pete, how do I fill out this W-4? Like, well, let me ask you a question. <laughs> do you want to refund? Do you want, what's, your, what's your goal? Because this is going to change a lot. Um, so, I mean, again, some people are going to really benefit from this. And I'm not talking about just the rich people. I'm not going to be, you know, one side and say, oh, only rich people. But no, there's going to be some people in the lower middle class and the lower class that benefit from this. Which is smart um, if you think about it from a Republican's perspective, because a lot of people that are in the base are in the lower income scale. So if they see they see a little bit of a boon, even though it's not going to last. They'll be like, yeah, "Well, hey, this, it worked out for me. I got a little money back." Right. You did what you said you were going to do. Absolutely. It's not it's enough the for them to shift into the middle class, but it's enough to like you know. Yeah. And for those who don't know, the middle class. If you ever hear politicians speaking, they're always talking about the middle class because that represents the largest numerical, you know, population of this United States. I mean, I mean, it might seem like there were, I think I just saw a stat today that said 40%, uh, 1% of the top 1%, I'm sorry, the top 40% of wealth is, is garnered by 1% of the population. So the top 40% of money goes to 1% of the people. That, that's deep if you think about that. Mm-hmm. Most of the wealth is, is, is ha- almost half the wealth is only being manipulated by one one percent of the people. I thought it was higher than and, that, honestly. So, and I'm and, I, and the crazy part is I'm not in that one percent. It's almost like in order to, to win in this administration, you need to get rich. Right? Yeah. You need to figure out how to get rich. If you want to win, that's what you do. Yeah, um, that's how this country works. Yeah, but so <laughs> so the middle class is the one who 
in essence, have more votes. I mean, to break it down, the middle class are the group that, that has the most effect on economics. Small businesses, believe it or not, have a larger effect than your local Walmart. Um, even though Walmart's in every major city, every minor city, every podunk town, it doesn't matter. Um, small businesses actually employ more people. So when you're talking about the middle class and you're talking about small businesses, these are groups that are larger in numbers, which is why we pandered to them. So that change that you're going to see, it's going to really, it's going to really walk that fine line of middle class, lower middle class. It's going to subdivide the, the middle class. It really is. Well, well, division is what's been working so far in this country. Uh, so I guess they're going to try to keep it going. Uh, man, we could talk about this and we have actually talked about this for much longer than this podcast. Um, uh, did you want to try one more scenario or, or you know, what do you think? Let's do one more rundown. Okay. So let's talk about a uh, single mother, three kids, uh, right. making, we'll say she's making $60,000, got a little bit of student debt. You shape it out from there. So for the single mom, $60,000 and some student loan interest, um, I'm glad she did 60000 because right now with 60000 she can write off that student loan interest. Uh, moving forward in years, like four or five years, the student loan interest will not be there. Uh, currently, the way it stands, if those three children are under the age of 16, she will receive $1,000 per child. And she'll also get $4,000. I'm sorry, let me, let me back up. She'll get $4,000 for each one of her children and herself as her exemption, as we discussed earlier. Um, she'll also get a head of household standard deduction of 9350 Okay. Moving forward, right now, I'm sorry, right now, every child under the age of 16 gets a $1,000 credit. And for those who understand the difference between a deduction and a credit, a deduction reduces your taxable income. A credit is like you pay taxes out of your own pocket, like you cashed out, reach, uh, reach in your pocket and paid the IRS. But okay. you didn't so, actually do that. They just, they just like credited you that amount. Right. Just like, you know, you go to the thing and I, want, I get credit, store credit for that, right? It's like you paid it, but you didn't really pay it. So a child is actually very valuable. It changes you to a higher, ta a lower tax bracket, right? It reduces your taxes by 4100 and they give you another $1,000 credit. So for, the, for this scenario, this young lady is in a 25% tax bracket. That child is worth easily $2,700. So this is why um, I always have my funny things at tax time of who's claiming whose child because they, they see the value in and, and claiming of a children that's within the child tax credit. So the change for that is going to be instead of there's no more 4,000 per person. So she's going to lose, um, 16,400, but she's going to also get that 12, uh, that 12,000. No, she's going to get more than that. She's going to get uh 18,000. Okay. So break down the 18,000. I was thinking 12,000 for herself. No, so before her her standard deduction was nine thousand three hundred and fifty. Okay. They're gonna up the standard deduction for a head of household up to eighteen thousand. Okay. Okay. Right. So she lost the sixteen thousand, but they're gonna give her another nine thousand. So in essence, did she really win? Yeah. She came with two extra two no. Gs. Yeah. No, she didn't though, right? Because if you think about it, she lost sixteen thousand with her and the three kids of exemptions. Uh, picked up nine thousand standard deduction, so she actually lost out seven thousand. I thought you said she got eighteen. 
She did, but she was getting nine anyway before. Okay. She was getting nine from the government before, and now it's 18, but she gets no more exemptions. So where she picked up nine, she still lost 16 in the exemptions. Um, but she will also now get an extra $1,000 per child. So she picks up $3,000 worth of credits as long as she has a tax liability. So if she doesn't have any liability, it caps out at 1400 So she's a person that might just lose out a little bit. Honestly. Okay. She might lose out probably about $600, $700 in this, in this new plan. Um, and then moving forward, if she has two loan interest, she's going to lose out even more than that. But um, it's it's really I would say she probably lose out about seven hundred to eight hundred dollars is what she'll lose. Okay. Which is tough because now you're talking about a single mom with three she three kids she needs all the money she can get to feed those feed those kids and Close get them to school them. and yeah activity and all everything else you need so it's it's gonna hit again I can't stress enough that every person will be affected differently based on your situation. Don't ask because your girlfriend or your boy or whatever the case may be. It happened to them this way. It does, will not happen to you the exact same way unless you live in the exact same duplicate life. Similar income, similar deduction, similar family size, similar family structure. Um, and made the same so, choices in terms of how to itemize versus standard. Right, right. Yeah. Which we know that that's not going to happen. But I get that all the time. Even now, and it's going to be more so an issue moving forward than it is now. So, so in that scenario, you know, the scenario you gave me on that one, Mom's gonna lose. So And we don't want moms to lose. Never want moms to lose. How nah. you want your mom? No, nah, we want moms to win. Wow, okay. So a lot to take in, ladies and gentlemen. Uh I, I, I will admit that there are a lot of numbers that were flying around. Hopefully this was easy for you to follow. If not, you know what? It's great because you get to run this back as many times as you want. <laughs> At no additional charge because it's all free 99, like the way we like to keep it. So, uh, you know, feel free to break out a pen and paper and, and go over it again if you want to. And if you have questions outside of that or in addition to that or because of that, you can always reach out to Mr. Pete Bigcoat of the Centaurus Group. Where? At taxes at Centaurus Group, S-E-N-T-A-R-U-S group.com. Or at 856-528-4760. We're also on Facebook at Centaurus Group, Twitter at Centaurus Group, and we're on LinkedIn as well. So there's a number of ways to contact us. Um, we'd love to help you break down what your scenario looks like with these new tax changes and um, how you can be affected and how you can uh, offset some of them. And that's nationwide, ladies and gentlemen. So from coast to coast, Alaska and Hawaii as well, ladies and gentlemen. So feel free to All reach out to Mr. Baycoat. Uh, you can also check us out on Flash Black Radio and at Flash Black News on Twitter. You can check us out on Flash Black Radio on IG. And you can, of course, check us out on the website, www.flashblackradio.com, and the Facebook group and page, Flash Black Radio. Uh, we are available multiple ways for you via podcast listening. I'm pretty sure you're already aware of that because you're listening to us right now. And we appreciate it. Not only do we appreciate it, we want you to up the stakes, we want you to up the ante. Share it with a friend. Share it with an enemy. Share it with your moms, your dad. Share it with people that actually would care to know about financial information or social awareness. Just, just share it. Just like give it out there. Put it out there for everybody. It's free. Don't hurt nobody. It's for the people. It's for the culture, man. So do it for the culture. Until next time, Pete. Thank you again for uh, for calling in, man. We appreciate you, bro. 
And of course, Absolutely. we're gonna ask you back uh, in the future so we can do this again. You know, talk some more money and stuff like that. Um, and we'll go from there. Cool. Absolutely, I appreciate you. So, thank you again for giving me the form to speak about some of the things I love to talk about. Oh, it's all good, man. You know, come on, man. This is this is, this is what we do. So, until next time, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening. Again, please share, comment, uh, provide feedback, keep the discussion going. And until next time, stay blessed, stay woke. One.